Hey everyone, welcome to Wicker Biscuit. This is our first episode, and as you will hear, it's a little rough. Please forgive us, as we were podcast virgins. And we were pretty tentative, because we were all kind of scared. You will hear things like my dog in the background, and even my son joining in on the fun. Please, look past that, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the first episode of Wicker Biscuit. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. welcome. So hello everyone, how's it going? Hello. Great. Great. Fantastic. I'm really glad we decided on that name. Yeah. Yes. Me too. <laughs> yeah. It's so there's so many connections with me and Courtney to Wicker because Courtney and I both love Golden Girls and enough Wicca. I mean, but her dad has a whole furniture set of Wicker and he will never get rid of it. <laughs> he loves it. It literally almost killed me because I was allergic to the cushions. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I said, so you're getting rid of the wickers? Absolutely not. I just restuffed the cushions. Yeah. A little girl's going to die? Eh, I want this wicker. Priorities. So where does the biscuit part come from? It actually comes from you, sort of. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Well, because I said, we, we say, what was the first thing we said? It was wicker. Muffin. Some, muffin. And then I said, how about wicker biscuit? Because it sounds like whisker biscuit. Oh. Yes. Which is a euphemism. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And apparently a part of a bow. Yes. Yeah, I did yeah. find yeah. that. And who doesn't love biscuits in the morning? Oh, yeah. I love a good biscuit. I used to make biscuits and gravy at Hardy's. <laughs> apparently I was pretty good. Yes. There was that one dude who came in who was just like, you're so good. It was... Was it... Yeah. I was thinking it was potato buttons. Oh, the really tall guy who wore like the cross necklace and had hearing aids. He was like he was shaped like a potato. Yeah, <laughs> he always referred to the hash rounds as potato buttons. That is so cute. <laughs> and he, it was funny because he would always come to Hardee's for breakfast. And I think he always went to McDonald's for other meals because we would see him at McDonald's all the time. Okay, I get that. And one time he asked Carl if Carl needed to read the paper. It was very nice. <laughs> Which is also true that I need to read pretty much every paper that you put in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, a person who wants to be informed, I can respect the crap out of that. It's pretty bad, though. I mean, cereal boxes. You can put, like, ingredients in front of me, and I'll I'll read them. Anything to stop listening to what I'm saying. Yeah, well, that's true. (laughs) I should start sending you the copies of Times that I get from my hometown, small town up north. Uh, And anyway, uh, it's a paper from my small town, and uh, I think you would enjoy it. The uh, police blotter is top tier. Very riveting. <laughs> a lot of cows wandering free and squirrels. Squirrels. Actually, oh. the main problem. Squirrels and dogs barking. Yeah. Something that you may not know that. about me is that I was a nine one one dispatcher and I covered <laughs> for a while. So wow. some of that may have came from my writings. <laughs> that, wow, that is excellent. Uh-huh. That makes me love you even more. Do you more. ever dispatch ambulance two ten? I'm sure you probably. Do. <laughs> it's the only ambulance that ever goes. <laughs> <laughs> so That's legendary. Do. Ah, though something kind of quirky about and which is my stomping grounds, they only selectively hire the ambulance certain days of the week. There'd be like a note on the board, be like, ah, "We have no coverage for for four days. It'll be okay." That's terrifying. Uh huh. Same thing with yeah. Mm-hmm. Be like, well, not today. <laughs> <laughs> now you wait. Your medical emergency is just inconvenient. Because nope. Janice is on vacation. <laughs> All right. Anybody else have anything? Well, to should we add? do? Should we do like introduction? Introductions? Sure. Sure. 
You are. I I am Gary. Well, hello everyone. I'm Carl. Then we got Mystery J. Mystery hello. J. Yeah. And I'm Ryan. I'm Tiffany. And I'm cousin Courtney. Cousin Courtney. Cousin Courtney. She's kicking up country, cousin Courtney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. Any other things before we head on to the main? Uh, well, I think I would like to open with jokes. Oh, I'm going to tell a joke. I would love to hear it. And they're, they're like intentionally kind of bad, but I see them online and I go, oh, I need to share that with the group. So what is the difference between Superman and a tired dog? What? Superman wears an entire suit and the tired dog just pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of joke. Very good. It really is. We've been watching a lot of... Uh, dad joke um, shorts lately and I thought it was going to be one of those but oh. I'm so glad you said that one. I'm a big fan of dad jokes. Especially if they make my kids cringe. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, the cringier for my children, mm-hmm. the better. I started a thing, you gotta be into Pokemon, which you guys are into Pokemon Go mm-hmm. so yeah. you're a little bit familiar with it but I do, I specialize in dad jokes based around Pokemon. Excellent. Yeah. Can I have an example? I, I can. So did you hear about the new rating system that they have for sneezes. Yeah, so they designed this system so doctors can get a better idea of like how vigorous your your sneezes are. And the rating scale is zero, being like just nothing. And then 10 would be like the Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> when I hear Pokemon, I think back to like sometime in the early 2000s and KFC had some sort of pokemon promotion like if you bought like the kids whatever you got like a pokemon card and they had like the cartoon colonel sanders and he was like and you can get a card of pokemon (laughs) (laughs) do you remember when mcdonald's had the pogs yes that was awesome (laughs) were they power ranger pogs i don't remember i know most of the pogs i owned were exclusively power rangers because that's pretty much all i wanted right right um i know the sharp was it sharper image Pro Image at the mall had yes. po- Power Ranger Pogs, really and I would go and pick out all the Power Ranger ones. I know we're just getting off topic, but who else was into Pogs? <laughs> I don't think I, I was mean, into them, but I, uh, dabbled. Yeah. I definitely, if Ryan looks in my um, baseball, bar, baseball card box, I'm pretty sure he'll find a couple tubes in there. And those are all made by Golden Books and Racine. Cool. At the time, so I wow. probably just got a lot of them, and I really wasn't into it or anything. Did you ever? I never. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, I, that, that was probably a little bit. Well, my kids your... were into them. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't realize it hung on that. Well, long. right, because we were into it, Surgeon. like around fifth grade. Right. And everyone would tell us, no one in middle school is into this. And then when we all got to middle school, like no one who had been into it was into it anymore either. So in my mind, that's the only time anyone cared about it. But that was just my interpretation of history, I guess. I collected the Beanie Babies from mm. McDonald's. That was oh, big yeah, the that. McDonald's the ones. mini Beanie Babies. That was my major McDonald's. Yeah, there's that whole thing where they were going to be worth so much, and now there's just, like, landfills full of them. My mom suggests I sell hers sometimes, uh, but she's a smoker. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to explain to her that that it's not going to happen. Right. And they've been in the house for 25, 30 years oh. at this point, so... That smell is not going away anytime soon. Completely devalued. Now we just give them away as bingo prizes at the nursing home. 
Nice. Really? Uh-huh. Okay, a, a part of me is all like really excited that like, that's the end of their journey. Yeah. I mean, they got to like do something good. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, not that they really have feelings, but you know what I mean? No, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, then we'll take a quick break. <laughs> As of now, we don't have any real sponsors, but we sure hope to someday. Somehow we gotta pay for this bitch. So until that day comes, here's a taste of what it would be like. We made a fake commercial! Please enjoy. And speaking of which, let's take time to mention the sponsor for today, Merton's Meats. The slaughterhouse that takes meats and meat byproducts as seriously as Mickey Rooney on a hot day in 1939. They carry a fine selection of cuts that will keep you coming back. And the meat sweats are guaranteed. And since everything at Merton's is top shelf, you know the stakes have never been higher. Merton's Meats. Sneak some steak for your grandson. And we're back. Today's topic that we picked, we're going to talk about things that scared the crap out of us when we were kids, but really, in hindsight, weren't really all that scary. Um, I will say this. We kind of all found that there were certain things that when we really dove into it and we thought about it when we were kids, we looked back and we're like, no, 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 that was creepy as hell. And so, still is. <laughs> right. Indeed. So there's, there's still plenty of things like that that just are, are creepy. But either way, we're going to allow all of it. So the original topic was things that were, you know, scared you as a kid, but in hindsight weren't really all that scary. But then, you know, it's going to go beyond that. So there will be things in here that will be scared the crap out of us. And, and when we look back, creepy as hell. Yeah. But anyway, I'm going to start us off with one thing that really scared the crap out of me was like at the end of the show... Wheel of Fortune, or any other game show, because a lot of them were Merv Griffin-produced shows back then. Sure. The Merv Griffin logo was a griffin. And I'm going to show you a picture of it right now. But it was just a still shot of it, you know, for like three seconds. And I just thought and, it was... I th- and at some point it would wink. I remember it winking. Really? <laughs> I don't know if it always did or if it was just a certain episode that I remember. Like flirtatious or like... <laughs> We share a secret? <laughs> what kind of wink? Here you go. Oh. It was like the Merv Griffin uh. Enterprises, and it would go, wink. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but it creeped me it's out. It's almost like stained glass. Yeah. You know, ironically, That's... great-grandma had a picture in her living room that I swear had something like that morphed into it. I want... I love the idea of her printing out. Like, <laughs> and it scared me, though. the Merv Griffin thing. I want that. <laughs> scared the crap out of me. It kind of makes me think of when Ryan talks about the husky when it was originally painted oh. at North High School here in Eau Claire. Yeah. How it had human eyes. Like, painted. <laughs> yes. No, 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 no. Or no. Or, no, it had, it had human eyes when we got to high school. Okay. They, like, painted eyes on Well, they painted it so it looked more like a real husky. But the eyes they gave it were colored like human eyes. And it just looked like big eye. Like, it was shocked. <laughs> when it when they first went up and up, like, through when we were kids, it was just a solid white color. But that's what creeped me out about it. Well, oh, I think solid white one. that's what probably creeps me out the most about this image is the See, eyeball. I'm a traditionalist. I like the the white husky. I don't know what it was about it. I, I guess just because it was like that for years, so I liked it because that's what I grew up with. Yeah, well, right when they when they painted it, it was kind of a why why bother, <laughs> right? And then, it, but afterwards, I actually did like the the job that they did too. So. We still call it the snow pig. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That hurts me. <laughs> it's a term of endearment, actually. That's usually like when yeah. one of us is driving home or driving past. That's how we know oh, by the snow pig. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. So yeah. If anybody else would want to share one, otherwise, if they don't have okay. one, I can go on to my second one too. Well, um, 
when I when we were younger and Nick at Night was still kind of a newer network, I would say from like eighty six to eighty nine, they didn't have a full slate of programs. I mean, they did most nights, but on Sunday nights, like nine p.m., it would go to paid programming. And when you're a little kid, and like when I was a kid, it was Nickelodeon twenty four seven. So Nick at Night was my friend. So Sunday nights when it would switch, it was a disappointing. But they would have this little disclaimer where it was like a black background and the Nick at Night logo and um, text scrolling on the screen where it would be like, Nick at Night is uh, not responsible for the claims made in this paid programming, blah, blah, And it was the regular announcer that did all the commercials, but he was so, like, his tone was so serious and it was so, you know. And and the way that it was this black background. you. Look out. Well, and it it scared me as a kid. Yeah. Like, it just seemed terrifying because it seemed like, Something serious and bad was happening. <laughs> and then it would be something that I would be like, Mom, what is this? And she's like, oh, it's a paid program. Like, it's you know, whatever. And they would do, like, they did one for, like, Time Life. And this might have just been a commercial, too, but they had, like, the Time Life books about the supernatural. Those those commercials were terrifying. So, like, some of this <laughs> old-timey Nick at Night stuff that I try to find on the internet because it's, like, the core memory of it scaring me. It's like, ooh, it's still a little chilling. <laughs> But just something about the 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 typically happy-go-lucky announcer guy talking like this was just very like oh something no, bad's I happening. That. I don't I get like that. it. Just distressed my childhood brain. Like, oh, yeah. What's happening? Whole tone shift. All right. Anybody else want to throw one out? Otherwise, I'll take a. All right. Um, mine was after Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Honeymooners. Oh. Would come on. Okay. So I was very young. Like too young to understand half of what was going on on sure. Saturday Night Live, but there were still things that were amusing. Um, and I don't know what I was doing up that late, but Saturday Night Live would end, and the Honeymooners would come on, and it was very jarring because it's in <laughs> black and white. Mm-hmm. And I think it was still... I was young enough that I didn't really fully understand why, and it was further confusing because then in the morning, like early enough there'd be something like Lassie on which is also black and white right. so like why are is there not color TV at certain <laughs> periods of time but the honeymooners would come on and there's like fireworks that go off Yep, right. and the music is orchestral and the moon rises <laughs> and it has, didn't have his face in the moon <laughs> yes, yes, it's so yes. Scary. Jackie Gleason's face <laughs> Materializes <laughs> on the moon. <laughs> yeah, that, that's creepy. I guess it's horrible. <laughs> I wish everybody could see his face right now. <laughs> um, Jay, I'm concerned that I actually grew up living your fear. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually stunned by this, but you won't believe this. So. My mom has always prided herself that our kitchen chairs looked exactly like the honeymooners. <laughs> <laughs> and we also had a collie. <laughs> so somehow your fear of the nighttime going into daytime was my everyday. And your mom so painted sorry. Jackie Gleason's face on the moon. <laughs> No, but I totally get it. Yeah. The face in the moon. I, and it was it was such a shift oh my God, from Saturday Night Live. Oh, my God. one that I didn't even write down. But I'm going to interject. 
Remember when McDonald's had the guy with the oh, big yeah. Oh, yeah. Mac, yeah. Mac tonight. Mac, yeah. Yeah. Mac tonight. The That's kind of well connected there, yeah. The that's, rice the, lake. that's the Shape of Water guy was yeah. that. The Rice Lake one, um, McDonald's had like the entire. They did. Yeah, for him some playing reason, a piano. I, wasn't really, I was a little bit scared of him there, but in the commercials, oh my God, it scared the shit out of me. Absolutely. Yeah. I had my birthday parties at that McDonald's. Oh, in yeah. Rice Lake? Yes. Oh. With the Mac tonight. I was obsessed with that jukebox that they had. Yes. yes. It was like a 50s style diner. Yeah. I think that's what thing. was kind of interesting. Like even TV back at that time, because Nick at Night was starting. And then we're living like in 80s culture, so there was so many things that were blending together. And I think Mac the Knife like was literally, a, you know, a magazine like of of that. Like, mm-hmm. and that's I mean that's neat. But like I suppose that could be scary for anyone. I think. Well, there's there's something about, and I don't know. It's weird because when it's animated, kids seem to love it. But when it's not animated, this anthropomorphic object yeah. is just very no, off-putting to right. the child brain. It's like, right, oh, right. Right. like no, I, I've Uncanny Valley like, type of thing. Yeah. Uncanny Valley is my my jam as far as things that creep me out because my one of my other ones is animatronics. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. now oh, mind you, the fact that they freak me out is partly why I love them, but it's not just limited to animatronics specifically. It's like when you'd go to Chuck E. Cheese and they'd, have, they'd be on stage, you couldn't go up on stage. Like, and as a child, in your mind, no one can go up there. They just exist. They're just up there, and you can't do it. Yeah. When you're older, you understand that there's a way to get to them, and there's a way right. that pe- you know people put them there. But when you're a kid, you just think it's just always existed there. It just, yeah. And that's kind of why like the animatronics at Disney creep me out so much because, like Pirates of the Caribbean, you're in a boat in water, and like as an adult, I understand it's on a track. The water is maybe three feet deep, but when you're a kid. It's like there's something about being underground in a cave, even though it's not real, it feels real. And it's like, and there's weird moving things. And in your child, in my, in my brain as a kid, it was like, these things are just there and they're, they're just untouchable. And that made them so terrifying. You know, I never really built any sort of association like that to put into those words. But as you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, as a kid. I just thought, like, the Chuck E. Cheese things, they, that's where they live. Like, I kind of, like, I knew in the back of my head that somehow they were programmed. Sure. But, it, like, the idea of somebody going up to them was like, no, you don't go up there. Right. You can't, you like, the, even the Country Bear Jamboree, mm-hmm. you know, someone, there's a back door, someone comes on the stage and checks the machine and makes sure everything's okay. But in my brain, they're just up there. They just exist. And there's just something about older objects. or oh, And that's the thing, too, like, I know now that at like Disney, they update the animatronics. They put new clothes on them. They mm-hmm. refurbish them all the time. But when I was a kid, I didn't understand that. In my mind, that's the same thing that's been there since 1959. And that's terrifying that it just never gets cleaned or touched or anything, which isn't true. But in my brain, it was like, oh, oh. And, and then people are always like, oh, you'd love Friday, like Five Nights at Freddy's. But I've, whenever I've watched that stuff, I'm like, it doesn't have the same mm-hmm. Uncanny Valley effect because it looks so cartoony to me. It's like, no, I need it to be like a real animatronic. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I think the one thing that you've be, been interested lately was the uh, that dragon in Vegas. Like yeah, The fact that you could open something. The, and this part of my fear of animatronics comes to like the, you don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. So at the Excalibur in Vegas, there used to be like a 
the moat and there would be a dragon that would come out and shoot fire and then this little merlin animatronic would come out and like zap it and it would go back in the cave well i watched a video about someone who's like well whatever happened to the dragon they drained the moat blah blah this guy went there and like snuck in and went underneath this thing and there's the dragon just sitting there rotting underneath so when you're in that that casino there's this rotting dragon just sitting underneath the casino yeah, I don't it, like it that. Could, and they're like, oh, it could easily be refurbished and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but who wants to touch it? That's so scary. <laughs> That's so scary. So and apparently, you can see it? Not, you're not. Okay. You, you can't from out there. Like, the guy snuck in and yeah. climbed underneath the door. Okay. Restricted and, like, area. There's, like, a gate that used to open up where he'd come out. So, and he filmed it, and it looks, it kind of got, you could tell where it used to just be at the water level. It's kind of all crusty on the bottom. But now that it's drained, it's just sitting there. Um, and apparently the Merlin animatronic is in good shape, even though it doesn't have its head. <laughs> and it's still in the little cottage that Merlin was in. But that kind of stuff creeps me out, too. Equally like, the creepy. cottage is there, and it's not a real cottage. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the museums do that kind of stuff, too, where they have like old-timey, here's like what a storefront looked like. And you look in there, and right. it's like, ooh. Right. But, I, but that's also what I dig about it. I love yeah. the, the chilling, ooh. No, 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 totally. Because like, Disney has some stuff like that, like old park stuff that they just abandoned because it cost more to tear down and they have enough space. So, like, there was a, a water park called River Country. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is just run down and... Full of algae. And, yeah, it's yeah. disgusting. But, like, there were some dudes that broke in and filmed it, and I watched the, a documentary that somebody made on it, and it was amazing. It's just... It's weird, because it's like, it's like looking at a ghost. Because, like, I remember yes. when I was there when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. And then... But it's not that anymore. It's just a shell of something, and it's well, what was it just the, creeps me. What out. did Disney have? The animal park that was on that little island, that Discovery, Discovery, Discovery Island, or Discovery something like that. And like that got abandoned. But okay, just so you know, it's hard for me to remember the name because full disclosure for anyone listening to the pod, like me and my entire family obsessed with Disney. But when we went to that island when I was a kid. My mom kept getting shit on by birds, so we called it Bird Shit Island. <laughs> so, but that's the same island I'm talking about. Yeah, but about someone ha- people have snuck on there yes. and filmed yep. it, and it's like they just—it's weird when anything gets abandoned, like a restaurant or a theme park. It's like mm-hmm. at some point the last person left, mm-hmm. and I like that. It just—it's this haunting thing because who who knew? Did they know they were? No one would come back. Right. But it's like all this plant life has overgrown all the buildings and there's like a calendar on the wall still from whatever year they stopped using it and it's just like ooh. if you want me to get to click on a link just make an article about abandoned places (laughs) or a video i will watch it every time me too i'll make a video i just think about all of the plate like all of the castles overseas that have just been left to nature to rot (laughs) to disintegrate and like what happens to those who owns those like could i go decide to live in that castle i think, I think you should i think where we live too in wisconsin like i feel like farms i mean yes. yeah yeah I, I didn't realize houses. recently we were at our what was it our 200th year or 250th year celebration for eau claire mm-hmm. and we were in the museum and one of the exhibits talks about farming in Wisconsin, but I didn't realize silos actually were invented in Wisconsin. Oh, what? And only really became popular in really the turn of the century, 1900s. And so when you think about the picturesque farm in all of our minds, 
really that that started here so we do see a lot of those but man abandoned barns and i think that that sticks out to me i mean Mm -hmm. it's not as grand as a castle but right but some of these were probably some of the original big milking parlors Mm -hmm. and if you look at like old like farm tools and everything i think that's kind of creepy well right and like at the museum they have that big cow it's like a big fiberglass it's a great exhibit oh it's awesome but i think to myself how terrifying it would be to be in that place in the dark uh, oh, it scared me yeah. the last time I was there. I had to do a project on it for my museum degree. Mm-hmm. And the cow moves occasionally. There's like the sound oh, of the thing. I didn't know and it did that. It, it's, it startled me. Okay. I bet. Yeah. I think that's, I, I don't think I've ever been afraid of the dark, but I think it's, it is the shadows and the lights that really trick me. Well, for me, it's, it's the, uh, it's like not the dark itself. It's the things being there in the dark. I used to have this fear that when you'd go swimming in like a lake or a river, that there'd be stuff in there that shouldn't be there. And in my mind, it was like, what if someone threw an old merry-go-round, like a carousel in here? So there's just like fiberglass horses under the water. Like, and then, yeah, then I discover there's a thing called hell. submechanophobia, which is like man-made objects being partially or fully submerged. And I think that's kind of that thing. And I don't have it like some of these reaction videos I watch where people gag and like scream, but the stuff is creepy. It is. There's like the anglerfish from Finding Nemo <gasps> on one of these rides. It's creepy in all the videos I've seen because I've never been on that ride. But when I saw a picture of the people who have to scuba dive to go clean it, and it's actually very big, it was like, oh, that's terrifying. This giant anglerfish that's just there and the people are scrubbing the teeth. And I'm like, you could get eaten by that thing, even though it's not real. <laughs> but it's like, oh, it's so scary. <laughs> Well, I feel like I am the one that's going to have to bring some class to this podcast. But all of the things that I am scared... Country class. Right? <laughs> Everything that I'm scared about had usually something to do with the bathroom. Yeah. And one of... Being that you were talking about the dark and what happens in the dark. Well, it's actually two things that I did as a child. And I'm talking like early elementary school. In the morning, for some reason, I was petrified to have a bowel movement something felt wrong and unnatural about it so i would hold it all day long which then caused my second issue my fear which god bless this man our janitor at the school so to bring it around my mom was a first grade teacher and i went to school at the same school that she taught at so it was quite common that i would have to spend you know the afternoon after school waiting for my mom to get done Well, in your winter days when you didn't have much, you know, daylight, it became really scary because I'd turn off all the lights in the school. And the only thing that was left in the building was myself, my mom, and the janitor. And if you had to go to the bathroom, which, of course, I would have to do because I would not be able to do a number two in the morning, I would save it for five o'clock, like on the dot every day. (laughs) And I timed it with our janitor at the school God bless his heart. But the bathroom was just down the hallway, and it would be really dark, and I'd be scared of the dark. And I would wait till I would hear his little cart come around the corner. And when he would go in the women's bathroom, that was like in my brain, like, it's time to go. (laughs) So I would meet him in the bathroom. And this poor man, like, there was nothing pervy about him at all. Don't get me wrong in that aspect. I just didn't want to be alone, and he was there. So I would proceed to do my doings 
while he is in the bathroom cleaning all of the stalls except for mine and my feet would be swinging we'd be talking it was good times because i was scared of the dark Mm -hmm. and he was there he was my full bet that every day at five o'clock somebody was going to be there so i wouldn't be alone he was just trying to do his job he didn't want to be there i genuinely love this story it's 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 about an adult who was sweet and helped out a little girl i think it's great kind of (laughs) i mean (laughs) the poor man is deceased now so i mean we can talk about this without there being charges but (laughs) it's just wrong why would i do that to that poor man because i was scared of the dark and not willing to take a deuce in the morning you somehow had a boundary but now you're worried like you crossed his boundary. I know. <laughs> well, I mean. And for and before we go further, I have to say, I would love the title of a book to be myself, my mom, and a janitor. <laughs> <laughs> and with the story, you don't know where that's going. But <laughs> Every day at 5 o'clock, janitor poops. Poops with the janitor. I, mm-hmm. I can't help but like, I had a song in my head. She does a BM in the PM. <laughs> does a BM in the PM. I guess I was surprised that you actually ended up being regular after how you introduced the beginning of the story. <laughs> well, and I would go the entire day because it just could not happen in the morning. I remember like actually like saddling the edge of our bathtub in hopes to just not have myself feel like I have to poop. Right. And I would get on the bus just you like, and I, you know, revealing a little bit here, but you and I had like some bathroom similarities. And oh, just so you know, when I was a little kid, I was scared of the dark window at my, my grandpa's, he had a window in his bathroom. And when it was at night, even though like our parents were like, no, you can't do that. I'd be like, Courtney come in the bathroom with me. And she wouldn't, you know, I was right, like it wasn't, four. Yeah, it wasn't anything. No, 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 no. But she would sit in there and she'd be like, it's okay, Gary, you can go poop. And then I would just poop. So, I mean, we had that long before the janitor even. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. ironically, because the janitor was so old, he had to retire at some point, And apparently I still had to poop at five o'clock. So the new janitor started. And um, he mm. was not willing to take on <laughs> that <No>. negotiation. <laughs> so... That was thankfully I went on to middle school then at that point, but poor guy. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. I love it. What are what are you scared of, Tiffany? So, my list was a lot of things that I think are probably legitimately scary, but Courtney's <clears throat> bathroom story actually reminded me. I think it was third, fourth grade, fourth grade for sure. I had to picture which bathroom in the school it was. Um, that's the year we discovered the Bloody Mary. Oh. Um, and, uh, and you know, you'd go in there, right? And it's a long room mm-hmm. where the light switches by the door. And, of course, the mirror's on the other side. So you'd go in there and you'd say it in the mirror and you'd look in the mirror and someone would turn off the lights. Or, God forbid, you're the person actually using the toilet when someone decides that that's what they're going to do and then the lights are off. Because there's no windows there's no skylights it's pitch dark there um so i did i wrote that on one of mine but when ryan was talking about animatronics and stuff i I was terrified of a toy situation toy story situation oh like them coming alive at night i was convinced (laughs) that my toys and stuffed animals did 
and it was very scary to me. What would they do? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mystery. No, but that I, I get that. Were they ever in like different spots in the morning? I was convinced they were. Were they actually? Was I sleepwalking? Did I actually put it? I have no idea. But yes. Well, like the, that kind of thing. I just the idea that something familiar, your toys that obviously you like, mm-hmm. but in a different setting, are terrifying. Yeah. Because I I had um. My mom worked at Pizza Hut, and when Land Before Time, they had, like, the hand puppets at Pizza oh, Hut. Yeah. Yeah. When it was nighttime, my little foot puppets scared the crap out of me. <laughs> oh, sure. Because it looked... And I know E.T. isn't necessarily scary to some people, but, like... And I knew E.T. was a good guy, but E.T. scared me. And in the dark, little foot looked like E.T. And I'd be like, Mom, will you move him? Because, like, I can't stare at that all night. They were, like, that hard latex kind of. Yep, yep. Yeah. Which is funny because my little foot stuffed animal didn't scare me at all. He was fine. He seemed normal at night. No, no, no. That makes sense. Rubber's scarier than like a, a plushie. Well, and yeah, you know, Big Bird's not scary. But when I was a kid, like J.C. Penney's had, uh, I don't know if it was like a, just like a display, but they had this like mannequin of Big Bird, and his eyes were kind of droopy, because I think it was a, it was older. It was from like the late seventies, early eighties, um, and I was terrified of that thing like big bird himself did not scare me but that and i don't know what my mom's friend thought it'd be funny she's like well ryan come here and she took my hand and she walked me around the aisle to where that thing was knowing i was terrified of it and i like oh my gosh so i always joke to my mom that's why i'm scared of like animatronics and things like that because this old scary big bird would just stand there and look kind of stoned i don't know (laughs) but the idea that it was older looking he was kind of ratty you know like Mm -hmm. terrified me so, like, I get the, the toys being scary in a different setting. Yeah. Because there was a Big Bird pillow that was on the wall. And she's like, well, is that scary? I'm like, no, that's Big Bird. That's fine. I don't know what this weird thing is in this other aisle. I also really want to know why they didn't clean my room. Because they were If lazy. they're getting up in the middle of the night and messing around in my room, they could at least clean it. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I just want you to know you wouldn't have been scared of Bloody Mary had my janitor not have been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I wanted to go back to that too. Growing up up north, I always think of plus the rural areas. I'm a complete city kid, um, but I always think like when I drive past these elementary schools, like in the middle of like farm country or the woods, and there's nothing else around them. I have to think that has to be terrifying some nights when you're leaving school. Like, it would just get to be evening and you come out by yourself or, like, a small group. Like, yeah. to me, going out into a cornfield is probably probably the most terrifying thing for me. Part really? of that's probably because of when I was growing up, we had a um, pumpkin farm that had haunted hayrides every year. And a lot of times they would do whatever popular horror film was out that year. Mm. So you would go and there'd be like little vignettes of things. And a lot of times, like the one that sticks out in my mind is the year they did Nightmare um, on Elm Street, like Mm. the little girls doing the jump ropes in the middle of the cornfield. Yes, no thank you. Little, like creepy little girls. Yeah, that was terrifying. Creepiest things. I think that was the most terrifying thing. Freddy Krueger hopping on the hay wagon from, like, a tree that was not <laughs> as terrifying as those little girls. Those little girls in the cornfield still haunt me. Mm-hmm. No, but that's that's the weird part about it. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, the sometimes in those haunted houses, the thing that's supposed to be scary, you'd be like, oh, well, that's... Because, like, building off that, one of mine was, like, horror movies scared me as a child, but not the way 
a horror movie is designed to scare you. Like, I wouldn't be f- scared of Jason jumping out of the woods and, like, attacking me. I was creeped out thinking, this movie is about Jason, like, driving a car and going to the grocery store. You know, just being in normal settings, and that's terrifying. Whereas, like, in the movie, it's like, well, you're at this camp, and he's in the woods. And it's like, oh, it's designed to be scary. So, I understand. And the the VHS covers, because when we were kids and grocery stores had videos that you'd rent. Yeah. I miss that. I I always like to look at the horror section and scare myself, because I would look at all these video covers and just think, oh my gosh. And, like, I remember Halloween 4 has a picture of the Michael Myers mask, and I thought... That was a movie about a guy whose face was all white. Like, I didn't know that it was a mask. I thought it was just this creepy guy with some skin problem (laughs) who's a monster. Um, And I always joke that horror movies in the 80s, the covers made me think skeletons were a lot more prevalent in horror movies than they actually are. Because a lot of times it'd be like, horror high, and there'd be a cheerleader who's a skeleton. So I thought the movie had a skeleton in it. And when I became a teenager and started loving horror movies, I'd watch these and be like, there's no skeleton. There's just a murderer. <laughs> but the, Maybe the they skeleton... were just easy to draw. What? Maybe they were just easy to draw. Because a lot of them were kind of like, you know, hand-drawn. Sometimes. Slash I, I think it was just to imply death. Yeah. But I was like, oh, this movie's got a skeleton in it. Nope. No skeleton. Even the earliest Freddy Krueger paintings, like, it's very skull. Because mm-hmm. I think the first one got painted really before they had fully designed the character. Mm. So... Um, for the first couple, he looked very, like, skeleton hand and all that stuff. So my babysitter, I was probably between five and eight, somewhere in there. I'd, when did they come out, the, those movies? 84, 85. Okay, so very young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, allowed me to watch them or watch them with me there babysitting. And I didn't, I wasn't put to bed. I would stay up until bar clothes and cook food for my parents. That's a whole other ball of wax. Um... So, while you're saying this, looking at the covers of these movies, I realize I went to my grandmother's antique shop after school. We would ride the bus. I would ride the bus, and often my bus ride, bus driver would forget I was on there, and then he would get sad because I was like, hey, Scott, you left me on the bus. <laughs> and he has to turn around. Um, <laughs> um, but next door was a, a movie, the only movie, movie rental place in my whole town, and Sherry's Videos. And I would go there and hang out, and she'd let me watch videos in the back sometimes. But a lot of times, I would just meander around. And I thought it was very naughty to, like, look at the horror section, because that was for adults. (laughs) Um, Also thought it was naughty to look behind the curtain. Yep, the curtain. Um, (laughs) Why was it that horror sections were always near the curtain? Yes. Because that top ten video that I used to go to... It's like the entry hall. It was like the... The gate of You walked in, and there was all the shelves, and then... The horror section was on like the left wall next to the checkout desk, and then behind, like beyond that, was the curtain. I paid a lot of attention to the titles right on the edge there. Right, <laughs> when someone would come in or out, you'd always try to peek. Yeah. Always try to peek yeah. in there. So that, I was just thinking about the covers yeah. and how maybe that's the reason why I'm not a huge horror person, mm-hmm. or I think I'm not. And then every time when I have a conversation about uh, horror films. I'm like, oh yeah, I've watched that. It's good. But I'm always like, I don't want to watch a scary movie. Like, that's my instinct. Maybe that's it. I just had a epiphany moment. I've got something I want to share with you. Yes. This is actually a co-fear because even though we didn't obtain the fear together, 
uh, Courtney and I have the same fear. And this is going to be a fun with audio fear. Which we didn't find out until later on, much later right. on in life. Right. I was scared to death of the 80s version of the song, Putting on the Ritz. <laughs> the Absolutely. Way, the way the guys sang, it was just like this weird, almost computery yeah, voice. It's... And it... It scared the shit out of me. I immediately I can, understood. Yeah. Yeah. It does sound angry. Right. Like, well, and then if you see the video, it's like... The video. It just, oh, just like, makes it the all the worse. <laughs> so Courtney and I were talking about this, too. The guy looks rather Frankenfurter-ish. Yes. Right? Was he uh-huh. going for that? Or I don't know, just... but because I, I think at some point in my life, I thought it was Tim Curry. Right. And I don't even think, and not like child, I mean, sometimes like in like teenager time, I thought it was Tim Curry. Now, when we were younger, was it part of a commercial or something? I don't know. But the super duper, that really. Oh, because that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that robotic. It's just bad. The the fedora remind me a lot of that one band that we like, Ryan, um, with the, 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 the repeating or the fast singing. Ooh, the spot where I paused it, it's just really creepy to yeah. tell. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of makeup. Right? Oh. It's just there bad. Was, no, you know, building off that with Tim Curry, it looks like when Rocky Curry Horror came out on video for the first time, it was a huge deal because that movie had never been released because it was such a flop, but it had been in theaters for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I was terrified of Tim Curry, and it was because of the lipstick and oh. the teeth. There's something oh, about sure. Tim, and I would say to my, I remember saying to my mom, I was like five at the time. I'm like, mom, that that man is so scary. And mom's like, it's just Rocky Horror Picture Show. That movie's funny. I'm like, but he's so scary. <laughs> it does there was feel something like, about yeah. his lips that it looked like he just ate chocolate. I don't know why that scared me, yeah. but it was like, oh. And now that I'm older, it's like, well, it's just the, the picture quality probably wasn't the greatest. It's just lipstick. Right, but when I was right. a kid, I thought, it's like he just ate, I pictured him eating one of the, like a turtle, like the walnut cluster <laughs> like he just ate some turtles and then he had chocolate on his mouth and his teeth were like i'm going to eat you you're a child yeah i don't know why in all fairness in the movie he does murder people so i mean well that's that. true it's but at least he murders them cartoonishly <laughs> sure i was gonna say this video um was kind of like a phantom of the opera also yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of meets okay. like london like kind of poppy at the time yeah, yeah. What like industrial pop I don't know, but it reminds me of um, One Night in Bangkok. Thank you, because that is my number two <laughs> here listed on there. That song I actually love. Shut the front door. No, I, I don't know. But I think Thank I you for saying that, because that's the reason I hated in that song. In all fairness, I didn't hear the song One Night in Bangkok until I was older. So I didn't have the kid thing. So maybe it creeped you out as a kid, but I love that song. Little known fact, written by the guys from ABBA. Really? Well, and it's, it's from their their play chess. Anthony Stewart Head's brother. Brother. Yep. Anthony Stewart Head was in Buffy, oh. and and Taster's Choice commercials. Uh-huh. That's what we knew him from when Buffy started. Well, it was Murray it? Head, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. His name. Yeah. I gotta look up Taco though. I gotta see what else he. Did. I can appreciate some of that '80s synth music. No, like those. Like hearing those it now, two, but that's still just and like Rock Me on the Dance is kind of mm. in that same. Yeah. But I think there's a natural fear of like Look things that are out. different. So, <laughs> right? So like just the idea that that's you, taco. That's taco. He as looks a, like he's off to commit a crime in his clogs. He, he looks if, like a weird <laughs> version of William Shatner. If he made the video, if he made the video right now, would it be even more creepy? Oh. No. Yes. Today would be less creepy. Be no. Like, no. 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 It would be worse. You'd be worse. Okay. Okay. Um. 
to kind of go off the music, we slightly discussed, but I feel like there were a lot of TV intro songs that were very creepy. I actually have one list here. Give me a couple. Let's let's dive through those right now. Let's go on three. Okay. <laughs> okay, three, two, one, and then we'll say what what ours was. The okay. number one creepy one. Okay. Mine's ready? actually a movie, so maybe oh. that's not a movie. Well, okay. Tiffany and I probably have the same one. Yes. Okay. Ready? Three, three two, two, one. Unsolved, Unsolved mysteries. mysteries. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. Yes. And even as an adult, I love that song. And a lot of right. times when I go to sleep, I just play Unsolved Mysteries. It does right. not scare me like it did. I, but I would not be able to do that. No. No, Walk I in the dark that. outside with that on your headphones, oh, and it's oh, like every, every shadow is something. It's yep. just no. Yep. no, no, no. It oh. would, it shocked me as an adult when I watched the new Netflix. How I like my hair on my arms stood up when I heard a that visceral song. reaction. It was, yes. it was insane. And they, I feel like, a little bit now inside? just talking yes. about and it. And the way when they show the title, it just shows like that ghost of Robert Stack. It's right. like, ooh. <laughs> right. And just his like, voice in general, too. I love just... it. I think they did a great job remaking it. I love the new one, but it was like so embedded in me. Like that, that song was associated with everything that scares you. Mm-hmm. My cousins and I, when we be together on a Friday and it would be on, we'd, we would challenge ourselves to sit in the dark and watch it. And we'd be like, I can't do it. I got to turn the light on. Right. And sometimes it'd be, you know, a, a lost loves well, one. It wasn't yeah. even scary. We'd just yeah, be like, that's sweet. the thing. It was, it was hit and miss. There were some episodes that were just like sweet. Like this guy lost his old sweetheart. Help them reunite. You know? And there was, mm-hmm. but then, oh my God, like the search for Bigfoot, yeah. the UFO well, episodes. Yeah. They, Aliens oh. are raping your neighbors. Right. <laughs> I mean, some of my neighbors might like it. Yeah. Especially one that way. But, you know. That's fair. And Unsolved Mysteries was scary. The show Rescue 911 typically was not scary. Right. But that intro used to scare me a little bit, too. Well, yeah. That Um, actually did have Bill Shatner. It did. Yeah. And at the beginning, it would be like, it was like the footage was like a light shining over like a house. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, and in my mind, it's like, because there's a burglar in that house or something scary, right? <laughs> and when Carl and I were moving into our first place together to take a look at it, it's unlocked. Just go and look. So I, of course, go over there at night and there's no electricity on. So I have to just turn, open the door and like turn on a flashlight and look. And while I'm doing that, I think of that Rescue 911 opening and I'm like, oh my God, what if someone's in here? Because the door is just unlocked. There could just be some random hobo. Who's gonna like attack me? So I like looked and I'm like, yep, looks good, and I left. <laughs> I, I do feel like Rescue 911 was like our original Final Destination because yeah, I yeah. think most people our age remember certain episodes. Well, everyone talks about the Final Destination log, and yeah. I think, well, for me, that was a Rescue 911 segment. Yeah, that, where that mm-hmm. chunk of wood fell off and hit that guy. Yeah, he lived though. Yeah, and it was an old man. Usually on Rescue 911, the people lived. That was kind of the yeah. the idea. Like, yeah, rescued these people. Yep. Yeah. But do you remember there was one where it was like a little girl came home from school and she was home alone for two hours after school every day and someone knocked on the door and like she didn't want to answer it and they just kept pounding and they kept like slant like there was like a frosted glass next to the door and they like kept putting their hand up there. So she called 911 because she's like someone's trying to get in my house and then when the police officer came he like put his shoulder up against the window so she could see his uh, patch or whatever. But that always terrified me because... The idea that there was someone at the door who's you couldn't see their face, yeah, like it was just this hand, and it was like, oh, that's so scary. I'm pretty sure I completely blocked Rescue Nine One One out of my brain. Why? 
So you guys are bringing it up and talking about it. I don't remember it. I'm, like, it. I'm like, I don't really remember it, but I. Oh. So I pulled up the oh. picture and I was like, I do. <laughs> but I blocked it out. I'm right. Sure. Okay. There Fair was enough. one that my cousin and I were obsessed with, and we still quote it to this day. Um, like a man had this ex-wife or soon-to-be ex-wife, and they like. I I don't know if she thought they were getting back together or what was going on, but he ends up pulling a gun on her, and. He says, like, you can't trace this gun. It's not in my name. And he shoots her. Well, she lives. But when the, the sheriff, whoever's talking about what they did, he was like, well, they pulled up to a dirt lane and, well, they had sex. <laughs> so my cousin and I would just say that. They had sex all the time. <laughs> I, could, I could call her right now and be like, hey, they pulled up into a dirt lane. And she would say, they had sex. Excellent. <laughs> I want to know your movie, but I do have two more TV themes. Well, trade on and off. Let's, yeah, let's let's, let's hear, hear no let's movie. Hear, let's hear some of yours. Well, I, I just had one movie one. Let's hear it. And you know, it it's it's a song that had no lyrics to it. There was it was just all instrumental. Okay. Um, is the theme song from Beverly Hill Cops. Oh, yeah. Oh. Do, 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 yes. Horrifying. You have something uh, like aggressive, like. <laughs> Hot, like against synthesizers yeah <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe it's uncanny valley because it's not a like the real instrument it's yeah. like, a, oh. like electronic music uh, yeah. or maybe that's like the something interesting there's something there. i'm glad that you like were able to sing that for me because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, now you're gonna I have nightmares no i i get it i get it not to the extent of putting on the ritz but i get it a little bit okay yeah. good thank you i'm gonna throw in another song that i loved that was instrumental but like the one from Ferris Bueller, like the, oh yeah, <laughs> I love that. Song. <laughs> but did you ever like? For me, it was things like, okay, so that that voice is super deep. What does yeah. that man look like? I can't see him. Oh yeah, that would scare me as a kid. That's true. Like I don't know what the man looks like. I just hear this voice, and it would just kind of. Ooh. Yeah. So what are your other? Yeah. Well, uh, the other one uh, is well, one of them is X Files. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's a very creepy, and it's in, it's supposed to be. I I understand that, but like, I feel like the opening credits was scarier than the show itself for me. Absolutely, the thing where like shows degree. like the handprint and oh, the guy yeah. falling. That was just the the imagery is just like even when I was you know preteen teenager, it took me back to being four and creepy things on TV like that. Like, <gasps> mm-hmm. I would agree. And the last one is a show that we know and love, but it did take me a long time to be brave enough to watch it. Yeah. And it's Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, oh. yeah. The opening credits to that is also yep. scarier, scarier scarier than scarier most episodes. Than yep. <laughs> but now as an adult, when I watch it, I kind of giggle a little because I'm like, oh, look at the fun little fire thing that they did. Like, cause God, it does the- I still... It was Coffee Mate. It was That's like creamer that would... There was an effect that would make the fire get bigger, but the... Mm-hmm. the, the was from throwing coffee mate because it has like silicone in it or oh, something sure. silicone based something like that or oh, petroleum based. whatever it's based on some flammable thing <laughs> those stories are so good though it's yes. it's yeah, almost like a, are you of the dark? like a tales of the crypt kind of like yeah. for family i guess no lately <laughs> like... i've really been getting into like anthology horror because it's mm-hmm. i've always liked that because it's like this story just takes place in its own little world and when it's done it's done there isn't like I don't mean I love ongoing narrative, but because I love ongoing narratives, I love the spicing it up of like I'm gonna watch Tales from the Crypt, and that story is 22 minutes, and that's the end. I did love Tales from the Crypt, mm-hmm. and the Crypt Keeper 
scared me, but then again, it was supposed to be scary. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, totally. My my Mandela effect for the Crypt Keeper is I remember as a kid him being slimy, but he oh, never sure. he never oh, really no. is. It's just the slime in the opening credits. It also drives me crazy because that was on HBO. So then when I got HBO Max, I'm like, oh, Tales from the Crypt. Nope, nowhere on it. What the hell? Well, and I remember I always watched Tales from the Crypt on Fox. Oh, sure. So I'm sh- the versions I watched were definitely edited for network TV. But then like when they're on DVD, it's like, oh, this is so much better. <laughs> it's a little creepier. And... Jay's having a thought. Oh, I'm just wondering if I, that sounds vaguely familiar, too, with the slimy... I just remember so I him being slimy. I don't if know. I'm thinking from like some of the the comic book covers, because the library yeah. used to have like a, a collection of yeah, the old those. tales from the crypt comics, so I'm, I'm wondering if if maybe one of those well, had a slimy crypt keeper. As the seasons progressed, like didn't he continue to like deteriorate, or is that just I don't know. I don't recall. That would have been really clever if they did. That's what my husband says, and I don't remember that. Well, and I'm sure they had to make new animatronics every so often. Um, right. But it is. I think the design got crisper as it went along. Okay. If anything, well, they, that that would be creepy. They would itself. keep improving yeah. it for sure. Yeah. Because like, by the time you get to season nine, like we're using a decade old technology. No, we need a new yeah. face right. or whatever. I don't know. How often. I a, can we listen to the "Are You Afraid of the Dark"? Yeah, I'll pull it up. Um, "Are You Afraid of the Dark"? I recently watched every episode of the original. Now I'm in like the the old reboot era where they did like two seasons in like 1999 and 2000 where tucker from the original midnight society well not original he was like a later edition in the first series is the only carryover but now it's all his friends um it's very good um but now i'm trying to get through that so i can get to the brand new like the, the newer where it's like the midnight society actually deals with the scary stuff sure I fucking love it. <laughs> I know. Snick. I would man. always Little Caesars and Snick. I would laugh my butt off that my cousin would always Caesars. Get, would always get freaked out by episodes that weren't that scary. I They'd literally like, can I can feel it. I like just listening to that little snippet like my I my body reacted. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I love the show. Oh, I think it speaks volumes to the work put in to that as a piece of art the fact that it can take you back like that i say kudos well, to and the that, that theme that theme just job. for real like i mean in the opening it's done with like the ghosty voice but like those notes mm-hmm. oh, it's yeah. just like it's the such a good beat in the background yeah yeah mm-hmm. and like that that i was I don't, I don't know why but i thought the boat just sitting in the little thing was the creepiest Yes. Because, like, this boat is just sitting there by itself. Where are the people? Are they dead? Like, there's always so many questions. (laughs) And then somebody comes out of a cabin. We're just inside. (laughs) Look out, Ryan. (laughs) Do we have any more show slash movie related ones? I have one that's somewhat related to Unsolved Mysteries. Okay. But not just. It would also, Crime Stoppers, any of those. Sure. When they would show a composite sketch of a murderer or a robber or anything. Yes. It would it would terrify me on a level that like now that I've seen their face they know where I live and they're gonna come get me. <laughs> like I would watch the composite sketch on Unsolved Mysteries, then the next time I'd go to the bathroom I'd be like afraid they were by my window. No, no, no. I, like, and I that know. fear the, is the not sketch, rational. But when you're a child, to me was 
scarier than a freaking mugshot. Well, and every yeah. once in a while now they'll pop, they'll show up like a sketch, even in like forensic files that you know the person was caught and everything. But when they show the composite sketch, it's like my my core memory is still like, oh oh oh, it's okay, it's okay, Ryan, it's fine. <laughs> but there there was one unsolved mysteries where it was like a woman disappeared. She was working at a gas station and she disappeared. And I don't, I don't remember if they found her body or what, but. One of the witnesses said they came in one night and there was some guy working there who didn't seem to know where anything was. And he had a Megadeth t-shirt on. And when they showed the composite sketch, I'm like, oh, that guy's going to get me now. And I, I was so terrified of just strangers as a child. Stranger like, danger. That's what they taught us. Driving down the street at night with my grandma and grandpa and I'm in the backseat and I would just look out the window and when we'd pass people you just look at people and there was a man with like a big scraggly beard he looked like the trucker from Adventures in Babysitting (laughs) Mr. Pruitt and he's driving and I'm sure he just saw like oh some little kids watching me and he probably just turned his head but in my mind he turned his head to like (laughs) like to scare me I don't know if he did but it scared me (laughs) it was like that man's gonna follow us and he's gonna murder me in my sleep (laughs) No, he's just gonna, you know, kick his uh, old lady's boyfriend out of the house. Yep, <laughs> and shoot out your mom's car window. And fix it for you. Jeez, that got crazy. <laughs> that actually brings up the last two things on my list. Let's hear it. Which I like good transitions. Well, it, yeah. So these are things that uh, we were, and you may have seen these on other lists or other places, but it's true. Growing up in the mid to late 80s and early 90s, they taught us a lot of safety things, mm. right? We have dare, we have stranger danger. Mr. Yuck. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. We actually use those stickers with our kids still. That's oh. awesome. Yeah. Um, so I loved the Hugs Not Drugs campaign. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so these two things are uh, things that scare me scared me but i was also prepared for slightly uh quicksand sure right and the bermuda triangle yes the bermuda triangle scared the shit out of me and and like when i was older i'm like where are all these lost planes (laughs) (laughs) well not only that you're scared of the bermuda triangle but like you have to go there it's not gonna come get you (laughs) we are related to amelia Earhart. Yes. yes. Oh, so maybe that's. But she didn't. She she didn't get lost anywhere near the Bermuda Triangle. I don't know. I try, I'm trying to help you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying just because lost aviators, it, it cut. It... Yeah. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> I appreciate that. No problems. Yeah. Like, why are we prepared for that? Why are we worrying right. about that? Why is that a thing? And so I I think it. I was discussing this with my husband, and I thought it's because there are like plot points, maybe, in some like well, major it, TV shows or movies. That's what's or... kind of funny, like especially now when we talk about all these reboots and when they say, "Why aren't there any original ideas?" But stories are told over and over again, and common themes. I would say, yeah, during the beginning of TV. I bet there was only so many ideas. I mean, you're coming from pure radio shows mm-hmm. to television, and you're putting out cartoons, you're putting out scripted shows, you're putting out variety with, with, shows with very low budget for yeah. scripted yeah. shows. You need to so you need to focus on dialogue more than anything, but you have to create peril that you can film. Yeah, and yeah, 
image like image wise, I bet really Quicksand is kind of entertaining to watch. Um, I may or may not have a very, very, very ridiculous adult film from the 80s with Jeff Stryker and there's quicksand in one scene. <laughs> and it's literally like they poured a bunch of sawdust on a body of water and had the guy like, <laughs> like sinking into it. Right. And I don't remember if he saves him with a stick. Or like he holds a big log out and pulls him out or I don't remember exactly what. I bet he but... does. And it's... <laughs> That's later. <laughs> it's funny to think about too like, you know, because you always see the memes now of we thought this was going to be more of an issue. Yeah. But for some reason, because of the era we grew up in, you're always prepared for that. And you're trying to remember, what am I supposed to do you know when I'm in quicksand? You're supposed to spread out. Don't, Don't fight move. it. It's the opposite of when you're in an avalanche. You're supposed to move around a lot because you kind of can get It's too much to it. think about. I have to Google every time, like, I'm going to, like, use the jumper cables on the car. Like... <laughs> The positive negative thing and which one i'm supposed to attach to the metal like and now i'm supposed to think during an avalanche move around, <laughs> like, move around. wait oh is this this like quicksand Carl's gonna die. Yeah, what, if, I am. what if it's an avalanche of quicksand i, I just i, I hope that's... the janitor's there because i'm gonna shit myself <laughs> that's a phrase that we gary and i used a lot and Carl too when that's we were true. in college. It was like, oh I want to shit my dress. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yes, I would say that. Even though I wasn't wearing a dress. Oh, no, I'm gonna shit right. my dress. I'm gonna shit my dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Just because we're going a little long, I'm gonna throw out some odd ones that I have here. One thing that I was scared of, the hokey pokey. Hmm. Now, why was I scared of the hokey pokey? I think it was more the pressure where I didn't want to dance in front of people, but anytime it came out, it's like, no, come on, Gary, we're doing the hokey pokey. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to do the goddamn hokey pokey. Well, it scared me. <laughs> and here I was thinking it was going to be that you had an, like, an image in your head of you like throw your left hand in, like it's no. detached from the body. No, but I think like there was that pre-recorded one that I think they played at Molten's and that dude's voice creeped oh, me sure, out sure. too. Yeah, yeah. But it, no, it was the whole pressure of I don't want to perform in front of all you fuckers. Leave me alone. <laughs> you obviously, I mean, it's the obvious joke, right? You really didn't know what it was about. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I mean, I thought you were setting that up. but I'm really glad you took it I there, took it, though. though. I... But I, this, this you not liking to dance in front of people, actually still pretty common, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard, and I get it. And I think it depends on, like, for me, I tell myself, especially at other people's weddings, nobody here is here to like look at me and if they are what's wrong with that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because i get that sort of fear like i don't i don't do well when like there's a dancing circle it's like someone get in the middle like i don't like that and i think that goes back to my earliest i'm it's not my earliest memory of my birthday but it's one of my earliest like i remember sitting on my grandma's lap and everyone around the table singing happy birthday to me Mm -hmm. and me looking at all the people singing and having them all looking at me and that feeling creeped me out. I felt like I had to perform for them while they were singing. Like, sure. I became conscious of what's my face doing? Do I look scared? Do I look happy? What am I doing? And it, ever since then, it's like, I really don't like when people sing happy birthday to me because I don't know what to do yeah. with myself. Can we sing anything like you have that. a sack over your head? 
Well, that's the thing. It's like, wh- don't look at me. Sing it to me, but I won't, don't look at me. I like the idea where it's a tradition where we put a bag over Ryan and then we sing happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> like that thought makes me really happy inside. I, I, really, it's like a thing. Like if I put I sunglasses on, I bet it wouldn't have bothered I me as it. much. No, I get it. I do. Yeah. Oh, and I had to be sense. like three, but it just was like, everyone's singing at me and I'm scared. Yeah. I'm going to throw out another one. Um, trains. Mm-hmm. Now, here's why they scared me. Cause there, there's, there's some logic behind it, but it, I'm going to take it to where it's illogical as a kid. Is it because of Stand By Me? But I used... Hmm. That would be something. But no, it was... Um, I grew Where I grew up, we lived by a train track. Courtney remembers that. And my mom would try to, you know, don't go by the train. If the train's coming, get away. Because, you know, nobody wants little kids run over. That just ruins your day. Right. And yeah. uh, nobody wants it. But, like, my childhood brain took it to another level where it's like, are there monsters on the train? Is there somebody that's going to shoot me when they're going by? So sure, when the sure. train would come by, I would run and hide. <laughs> I didn't even yeah, want yeah. to be seen by the train. It was like it was some demonic monster barreling down the tracks that I hide from. So... I, I got over it quick, but it was it was almost like a story I built up in my head, and then I kind of believed it, and then well, uh, yeah, you know, not exactly trains, but when I lived my when my mom and my stepdad and I lived in that duplex, on they it was right right through our backyard was a fence, and then there was like the the steel places and all that, mm-hmm. and like the train tracks go across like at yeah. the end of that street. Well, one night I'm laying in bed, and we'd only lived there for a couple months. It was like that summer we moved in. Mm-hmm. And mind you, at that point I maybe did, but me now, I don't believe in ghosts the way people do. But there was something on my wall, and it was like a weird sparkly, like, well, according to my eye, it looked like an alien dancing at first. And I was like, what What was that? And I'm just looking at this, this shimmering light on my wall, and I'm like, Mom mom come in here and she comes in here i'm like mom what's that on my wall because i'm thinking is it a ghost is it an alien what is this thing because i can't come up with an explanation as to why there's just this shimmering light on my wall and what we ended up figuring out was there was that behind the fence in our backyard was like a light on the building Mm -hmm. and when the tree branches would move but because it was so diffused it just it didn't it wasn't a solid shadow it was just this weird like ripply light effect but so for about five minutes that night i was like oh my god the aliens are coming they're gonna get me there's a ghost in our new house i don't know what to do speaking of ghosts when i was really young i had a very big fear of becoming possessed which i understand is a fear in itself but i think i took it to the complete next level i don't know if that's true (laughs) let's compete okay so when i was very young my my mom had a friend who was a college professor 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 and during that time in the mid 80s there was a 2020 um show on demon possession and there was this woman that was actively they were trying to exercise the demons and all that and it was quite the topic of the town and the professor i was listening in and he was saying you know if you if you believe in possession, possession enough, possession, yeah, that's the word, enough, and are scared of it enough, it can happen to you. Like you've let yourself become open <laughs> to being possessed. But you know, but those, that guy. but they even address that in The Exorcist. 
They do? They call it somnambuliform possession. It's like a person believes in it enough that anything that happens to them, oh, it's a demon, it's a demon. So then in a weird way, if they get an exorcism, it helps them because they believe it helped them. Okay. So then, right. And that's actually what kind of frustrates me about people who do exorcism, especially non-clergy people who do them. It's like, and they, you know, charge for it. It's like you're ripping these people off because they have a superstition. But. Well, this girl who's scared to poop in the dark <laughs> finds out that anyone can just be possessed at any time. Right. And I horrified so there's there's two things that happen with this story well, and you're half catholic so that adds a yes to it. Yeah. so the catholic part got me mm-hmm. as it does <laughs> um but two things happen here so like you know when you're just you know he's talking about like elevating from your bed and shaking and doing all this while i'd be asleep at night and maybe as you're like winding down your finger might like twitch or maybe your eye will kind of twitch so I'd be like, holy shit, it's happening. <laughs> this is it. This is the moment. So we would go to church Saturday night. And as you'd walk into the church, there'd be like these little goblets of holy water. So I'd be putting that holy water on every damn little spot oh, that ever wow. twitched or wiggled or thinking I am for real possessed. But then also during this time frame, my mom, I was scared of the dark, obviously, as you can tell. My mom would often sleep with me to get me, like, just to, Asleep. you know, yeah, to, to start drifting off. And she, during this time frame, actually started developing seizures. So in the middle of the night, oh at times, God. she would have a seizure, and I'm like, this is it. This is the big one. I am now 100% possessed, and that's my story. How is yours? <laughs> well, it doesn't go into that. That is awful. And I thought if that happened to me, I'd probably die. But I was terrified of being possessed and the devil. Like, and I, I, th- I attributed it a little to like pop culture. Like that was like a storyline. That was a lot of stuff. But I literally slept on the couch outside of my parents' bedroom for almost two years. Oh. Um, because for whatever reason, my proximity to them would keep me safe somehow. It's interesting how when we're younger, like I, the, the parents can protect you from anything. Right. It's like, yeah. well, I'm safe now. I did start sleeping on their floor in their bedroom at first, but they eventually kicked me out. <laughs> and yeah, I slept on the couch for two years uh, just because I, and I would go to bed in my bedroom, but I would never, I would never stay there because also, you know, getting to the bed with whatever's living under your bed right. was also difficult as a child. Right. How old were you? Oh, um, I, that was probably like nine, 10, 11 range. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be like, 93, 94, 95, 96-ish. Yeah. So you were afraid of possession up until the point when I rented The Exorcist and got really into that story. <laughs> <laughs> and we moved around that time. It was right after we moved into our house that my mom and I said they live in now. And because of that, there's like weird things I associate with The Exorcist. Like the way, because it was like a, it's like a bi-level house and the downstairs was where my bedroom was. And there was a bathroom, and then there was another, like, family room. And what, the way that room smelled, because it was next to the laundry room, when I when I smell that smell, it was it's a specific, like, it smelled very like a, can, well, like a candle. Mm-hmm. When I smell that, that whatever fragrance that candle was, I go, oh, yeah, 
like the tiny period of time when The Exorcist scared me because it was still new oh. to my brain, and then it ended up becoming one of my favorite movies. And like I know so oh. much about how Is they that made the, it. The house that your mom's in now. Uh huh. So I mean, full disclosure for everyone: there was a treehouse in back, <laughs> and it had a big like stuffed a doll in it and the doll's name was Father Karras. We named it Father Karras because we would throw it. They had a deck outside and we would throw it down the stairs. But it was the kid who lived there before me right. that had made it and put it in the or something. Something. And Ryan loves the Exorcist films and books. You can't and interrupt this. The first time I ever saw The Exorcist. This was before we met. This is terrible. But I could not stop laughing. Like I still have never watched it. I will never watch it. I love it. That's your response, though. But 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 honestly, when I when it got re-released in theaters when I was in high school, when they did they added a bunch of footage. I, I shouldn't say added. What they did was they took stuff that had gotten taken out for the original cut that the writer always wanted in, and put it back in. Um, there were scenes that people chuckled at, but then when it got to the crucifix scene, the whole audience was like, <gasps> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. You're not laughing now, are you, weirdos? <laughs> Is that the whole, like, F me mm-hmm. part? Yeah. See, well, I, I think maybe part of it... There's my... multiple scenes where she gets vulgar, but that's... Oh. I think mine definitely was, like, the macabre of it laughter. Because, like, there's obviously her being possessed. But to me, the part that got, like, me was the mom had to basically feign that... There everything's was, normal. Everything's normal at dinner parties and with people. And just seeing her deteriorate into her own madness. And just desperation. Yeah. Like... I think I think there was so much hurt there. I I think that my, my, my reaction was, like, I needed joy in that moment. Oh, but that's fair. I can see how, like, the thought of the possession, like, you would think almost like it just keeps rolling over you. And you can't break from it. I think there's such there's like a mystery. Like, you could be a good person, right, and still get possessed, right? Like, and right. it could just happen to you. Yep. There's not even necessarily a specific trigger. Like, and sometimes if you do something naughty or, or something like that, you'd be like, "Well, I'm in trouble." And one of the scenes that had gotten put back in was Father Karras asking the older priest why this little girl, and he's like, "Well, the point is to make us despair. It's not about her. It's about making us think, oh, wow." God must not love us because we are a gross whatever, whatever mess. And they cut that out originally. And the writer's like, we need that scene. That's so important. (laughs) Anybody else got any other ones before we break to the next segment? I have one tiny one. Let's hear it. So when Matchbox cars, I mean, they still exist, but I had one that was like a older one. It was like a hand-me-down. And in the backseat of the car was like a, a, and sculpted in like the seats was a dog. And it's similar to the snow pig story. Because the dog didn't have features, it was just like the shape of a dog. The dog scared me because it was like in my head, it was this uncanny. It looks like a dog, but it's obviously not a dog. But it doesn't have a face, and it was like, oh, what is this weird creature in the backseat? And it's trapped in the car. And it's trapped. In the car. <laughs> that makes sense. So Jay, <laughs> I hear you got something for us. I do. I do. Uh, kind of extent existential dread. Yeah. Um. So when I was I was always interested in space, like even at a very young age, and it would really bother me, like keep me up at night, thinking about like the idea of like space being infinite. Sure. Right, and like how is that possible? Like, which it know, still is. 
Correct. I mean, right, <laughs> right. And, and if it is contained in something, then like, what's outside of that? Like, all these, you know, troubling questions to me. And I had a poster on my wall of the solar system. You know, the sun's on the left, and then the planets are, you know, trailing off to the oh, right. Sure, sure, sure. And I don't think it was in my classroom. I was probably like in third grade. I remember seeing a classroom and they, they had, you know, a model of the solar system up in their room and like the sun's like on the side of the classroom and then all the planets trail off in front of it. So then that made me start to wonder like what's behind the sun? Like oh. I didn't I didn't realize that the planets orbited the sun right. because I'm seeing all these Poster. representations of it, like the sun is this giant flaming wall on one side and all the other planets trail off and it really bothered me and freaked me out. Yeah, it's like, that. That it's would like creep me out too. The, the source wall in the DC universe. Yeah, right. And <gasps> my other one is I was thinking of things that creeped me out and probably weren't honestly creepy. And I looked it up and it it's still legitimately frightening. Um, we had, uh, I think they were Reader's Digest books. Mm. And some of them were like mysteries of the world, like Bermuda Tri- Triangle and mm. cryptozoology. And there was one of the books that had, and you can pull it up on in my folder, uh, I believe it's called Van Noy's Ape, or... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the Gary's Ape. reaction was amazing. <laughs> and there was a picture in the book of this horrific supposed cryptid that these explorers found. And I remember paging through this giant Reader's Digest book and seeing this thing, and for some reason in my mind... <laughs> Yeah, that's creepy, man. Oh, what the hell is that? Right? So, I don't blame you. I I was convinced that that was outside, like at my house. Like I didn't want to go outside. And you have woods for everyone listening. We'll throw and a river. I lived on the river. Media feed, so you out in the country. This because you guys gotta see this. I think yeah, like the the mouth looks almost like like an aqua thing. I'm gonna need yeah. Like I, I, I got in trouble because I was supposed to go out and do chores, and I didn't want to leave the house. No, I wouldn't. No, oh, you know. And sometimes with those, I think a lot of times what makes those creepier is the idea that like sometimes the cheaper the footage or the picture looks, the more real it seems because it's like, mm-hmm. like that that old Bigfoot footage. Mm-hmm. That's always terrifying because it's like, well, it looks so cheap. How could they have faked it when it's like? That's kind of, I've recently been watching videos about what they call analog horror, where it's like in the early 2000s to like mid, people would use the that kind of concept of like, if it looks like it's on a VHS tape, it looks more real, even oh, if it sure. looks cheap, because the idea that like a, a, a high quality special effect would look real, and this looks almost fake, you know, or like some of the like Slenderman videos... And it's just as simple as the door opens and there's just someone in the background really quick. And it's like, oh, that's terrifying. But it's on this old analog video. So, like, that picture being black and white and kind of grainy, it, like, makes it look more Mm -hmm. real. And, of course, it's just across across the river from your house, obviously. Yeah. That's what I thought. Side note of just something that I think is very interesting, um, part of history when explorers who went out to Australia 
came back with a stuffed because they couldn't keep it alive stuffed platypus to, to like England they thought it was something that they made up yeah. they're like no right right, right, no. right you just cobbled that together there's no beaver with a duck bill yeah. <laughs> but yeah alright now with that I think we should break and then go into our next segment alright For the final part of our pod, we have a segment where we all share something that has been on our mind, and we're calling it the Biscuit Basket. That's right. Either we have a buttered biscuit, something good, or a burned biscuit, and that's something bad. Now, in this first one, we didn't really know what to call it, so you'll hear us talking about rants. But just know that this is a Biscuit Basket. Please enjoy. And we're back. But I'm going to kick this party off, and I'm going to go off of some, my little rant for today. I get so freaking frustrated with some sort of game or something you play where it's all based on luck. If there's, if you, and I'm thinking specifically of Pokemon Go, I was about to get a fucking Lugia, right? <laughs> and I had all excellent throws, or mostly excellent throws. Was using rare candy. Had, you know, uh, not rare candy. I'm frustrated, so I'm not thinking right. But I was using the raspberries. It's the like golden raspberries. Exactly, a golden raspberry on every throw, getting excellence and greats, and then nothing. And it's like there's got to be something to reward strategy. Hmm. And if it, there's not, it just pisses me off because like even poker is 100 percent luck but then you got bluffing and you can play the game but well, it's just as much you... as i love the game it drives me crazy that there's little things like you can work your ass off but it'll just give you the middle finger sometimes and there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it i'm having flashbacks to jay and i playing mortal kombat 2 in my basement and getting very upset that we get all the way to the <laughs> second to last guy and then could not win at all it was like this game hates us right <laughs> I love though, like, rigged. like now, and other kids, like they'll say, like, "Oh, that guy's cheating. He's hacking." But like when we were younger, it was like, "The computer's cheating. The computer's <laughs> cheating. It's trying to get just that whole different dynamic." Right, right, yeah. When you first started talking about that, I thought of um, a cousin of mine who gets very upset, and like his is not legitimate, like yours. His is completely sour grapes of like. We played a card game, and he didn't get a good hand. Right. Like, this game is purely based on luck. It's just like whatever cards you get. Like, yeah, that's how cards are played, buddy. Right. <laughs> right. But, you know, based on the poker players, it, it's how you deal well, with the hand that you were dealt. But We we play a game a lot in my family called Five Crowns, mm-hmm. and it's a lot like Rummy, but it's a little different. Um, And you get progressively more cards as the game goes on, so the first hand is you get three cards. Sometimes you can go down with the three cards you're dealt. And it's like, oh, cool, I'll just lay down. Mm-hmm. And people will be like, well, that's not fair. Well, how is it not fair? Right. But there are people in the family that when we're playing with, I will sometimes like, oh, I could totally go down and I'll wait a few rounds because I don't want them to right. be mad at me. <laughs> so I'll just sit there like, I could go down right now. But to, but to bring it back to like Pokemon Go, you know, I get that at the end of the day, it's just a game. But if somebody were to say, well, it's just a game, it's like, I put hours into this to right. level up my guys so I can go in and defeat them as fast as I can. So then when the game just gives you a big old lump of shit like that, right. it just <laughs> really kills you. Like, if I were like, ugh, those are bad throws, that's on me, I can do, I can deal with that. Right, right. But when it's just love. Is this like an, a post-raid? Yeah. Okay, yep, so we did a Lugia raid, mm-hmm. and I had 16 balls to catch him. 
and I'm giving out the yep. golden raz like it's just cocaine at an 80s party, you know. <laughs> and uh, Or a couple years ago. Or a couple years ago. <laughs> but yeah, didn't get them. Yeah. But anyway, that, that's, that's my rant. All right. Who else would like to share with the group? I have one. Let's hear it. This happened to my son this week at school. He came home and he was little... I don't know, I think he saw the humor in it, but I was somewhere between raging mama bear Mm -hmm. and I need to just calm the you-know-what down because he's 15. He can handle the situation, but one of his friends at school took his school laptop with all of his personal information on it and signed him up for the military. Oh. Right? And signed him up into the army. So he's been getting calls from, you know, recruiters and everything. That kid should be arrested. (laughs) Right? And I'm like, I just need to calm down. No, 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 you don't. I'm actually going to, I'm going to get on your side. Get on the rage train with that that That's almost like some sort of like a fraud, federal fraud thing. Right. He's like, like, well, he was just trying to be funny. I'm like, that is not funny. No funny is like signing someone up for like the mormons to come to your door yeah right even that's scary sometimes <laughs> or like a weird magazine to or to house. get like yeah. feminine hygiene products delivered to their house <laughs> yeah. or like when carl goes to the bathroom at a concert and you take his phone and you take pictures yeah yeah oh. did you look at all those yet i did <laughs> they were nice i'm really proud of amanda on these ones they're yeah i mean we all share humor but right you know sometimes the unexpected is the funniest part sure so I think what we're trying to say is Mama Bear is justified. Yeah, very. Okay. I would say, yeah. Okay. There, I, I don't think like the kid needs to go to the brig or anything, but no, something but... should happen because well, that's really inappropriate. What a good lesson for your teenager, too, to, to understand their boundaries and stuff that they wouldn't want to have happen to them in the future nor do to others. I mean, right. I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. I get, yeah, definitely. I mean, even if it's just a conversation with the principal of, hey, you know, you just wasted the time of some dude who works for the military calling somebody that's a right? false lead. And by the There's... end of the day, like, was showing me, like, all of his emails that he got, the phone calls. Like, they were like Johnny on the spot. Like, yeah, about joining the army. But so that's my rant for the week. Mm. Man. That's a good one. I mean, it sucks that it happened, but thank you for sharing that. Yeah. All right. Mine is much less serious, but it's something that gets on my nerves. So, in the world of the DC universe, in the movies, there's, you know, now that James Gunn is taking over, Mm -hmm. after the Flash movie, we're getting, like, a soft reboot. And I say soft because they're not dumping everything of the continuity, but some things are going to be different. Like, we're going to have a different Superman. Now, for me, as a comic book reader, this is not a big deal because this is what they do in the comic books all the time where it's like this time-altering event happened. Now, going forward, the background of these characters might be a little different, but it'll just happen as it comes up. That's kind of how I'm seeing this movie universe happening. So it's like the events that already happened did happen, but they might have happened a little differently. The reason I'm ranting is because so many people aren't going to see Shazam 2 and they aren't they aren't going to see the flash and they aren't going to see the second aquaman because none of that stuff will matter when the new universe takes over what when did we stop going to movies just for that individual movie mm-hmm. like when people still went to see dark knight rises even though it's not going to lead into anything else it was just the end of the story 
I saw Shazam 2 and I thought it was really good. And the idea that it's not leading into the proper universe, we don't know that. There could be a third one right. after the the soft I've reboot. I get to and everything. see Shazam 2, but I really do want to see it. it was, I want to see I wants to go with you, by the way. I, well, I took myself last weekend and I, I've kind of tried to take myself to more movies by myself just for the fun of being alone in the theater but but i'm getting annoyed that like we've we've been spoiled with this connected universe of movies in all sorts of different genres that now people can't just go see a movie because the movie itself exists it's like yeah. if it doesn't have a payoff in this greater universe it's not worthy of seeing and i think that's odd that's well, that's not how i enjoy right. movies <laughs> the the whole crescendo with the marvel cinematic universe was amazing with the how they did that but at the same time yeah, it can't all be that. I think it's it's kind of the culture we're living in right now, honestly. Think of all of the series that mm-hmm. have been turned into these films. And then more series come out. We got, you know, uh, The Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. right? And Even Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Hunger Games. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Ooh. Like, these are all series that that are purposely extended to make another mil- movie. The Hobbit. Well, right, but, like, The Hobbit and stuff, that all exists in one universe. And, I mean, that's a little different because there is, like, the prequel series right now and everything. But, like, that, like, Shazam 2 is not as worthy because it won't connect to the future DC universe, even though it probably still will. But that, well, I can't, why wouldn't you just go see it because it's a sequel to the first one if you liked that one? It doesn't. Right. As much as the the movies are all supposed to be connected, they're also supposed to be individual adventures that can just be taken on their own, and it's mm-hmm. just kind of like, come on. Yeah. I think it's more, it's not so much that, I just hate the idea that people aren't going to it because someone else says, well, it's not, it doesn't count. Well, it still counts because it exists. Like, so go see it. <laughs> Boom, roasted. Roasted, toasted, and burnt to a crisp. What's your rant, Carl? You can have a positive, too. You can, have a, you can be a joy. I think mine's kind of like in a in a middle zone. I don't think it's maybe it's a little angsty, but it's it's joyful also. I over the past six seven months, I've been going through like my mental health, which is all great and up and up, and I've been focusing just on a lot of wellness. And I've gotten to the point this week where I'm I'm thinking about the future and uh, to a certain extent professional, but also very personal. And I post on social media about the books that I've been working through. And I I think it's interesting because this is the most I've read since college as an adult, Um, which is in one way great, in one way also disappointing, but it's okay. Like I can be okay with that past. And that's kind of actually the story of the, the Rising Up book that I was reading was about working through grief, working through frustration, um, identifying boundaries, um, understanding expectations um, in the sense of what do you expect down the road? I guess it kind of leans into that movie thing. Like, so should I not live for today and do the best I can today because there's no guarantee that tomorrow is going to be awesome? I, I think that for me right now, I'm I'm on this journey and I'm I'm having good moments and I'm stringing them together, like I said, in my professional and personal life. But I'd say on the professional side of things, there's no guarantee 
there's no guarantee that I'm going to achieve a position or a monetary salary that's going to compensate me for this growth. Um, on the personal side, I think it's what I need because I think that an important part of me is being a leader, whether it be in a community setting, whether a group setting like this, um, but it makes me a better friend. And I, I love that. I mean, I had a great experience um, with my friends this last week and we just had a game night at a cabin by a lake and we were, we were, we were snowed in and we had great talks about their families and their professional lives. And it was just great because I got to be that sounding board. I got to give advice. I got to be reflective. And as Amanda and I talk a lot about just literally that idea of filling your cup, like what fulfills you? And for all of us, I think everyone at this table, there's so many different things that fill us all up. Um, so I, I guess for me, I just want to say that all that we're putting in that cup, enjoy it. Because we don't know what is down the road, but we, we definitely have right now. And we wouldn't want to limit ourselves. Um, because just like the scary universe, Jay... It is infinite. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. Mine's not going to be like super in depth or anything, but um, I don't think anybody can top Carl's depth. No. I've topped Carl many times. <laughs> uh, well, that's the next episode. <laughs> Weird bathroom stuff and sex. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I envisioned for Wicker Biscuit. Right? <laughs> Some days it's gonna be really rated G, and I'll be like, "What is that?" They were just talking about the freaky stuff. Yeah, it's gonna get really weird when we do like the baking episodes, and then transition right to the bathroom stuff. You're like, what? You don't do that in the bathroom? But you know. All right. I apologize no, for cutting you off. There's the I setup. Love, I love the randomness of it. Um, I, I am having kind of a, I am in my final step of my degree mm -hmm. and I am doing the last things of that and it feels like it's been forever and very short all at the same time. Um, so I entered my last uh, placement and I'm just really, I'm enjoying getting to know the new place and it's really, I'm very excited. So I'm very, I'm very happy. And I'm actually really jazzed about this. Um, I'm not sure if Ryan has told you or not, but mm -hmm. I've told him many times that we should have a podcast. Um, so I'm very excited to see where this yeah. goes. Yeah, this is a whole thing of just fulfilling lots of dreams. I mean, I plan on going lots of places with this. Like Courtney's bedroom. <laughs> I just want you all to know that while Tiffany was talking, I put on one of her shoes. <laughs> Scandalous. I love it. All right. Well, any closing things you guys want to throw out there? Off the record, insane. I am terrible at names, but for some reason, the only name that I can remember at this table is the name that I should not say. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you mean Jay? Yes. Mysterious Jay. He's a man of mystery, and that's why we keep him around. Yep. <laughs> he used to be international, but now he's local. Yeah. 
I gotta say though, that face in the honeymooners that got me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Because you're totally right. Yeah, that's creepy. And it just the shift from Saturday Night Live and. You know they're all out on stage yeah. and everybody's you know clapping and I happy was up that and everything. Late as a kid too, because I mean it's a weekend, nobody cared, and I was obsessed with stay up to watch Johnny Carson as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Like to, that was like a, a like a naughty treat. And also you know? <laughs> for yeah. some reason when I was little, really little, I thought Johnny Carson was like filmed in Eau Claire. Like, <laughs> me too. Oh, me too. Out by because, the drive-in theater. Because of the TV 13. Because of the TV 13 studio, I thought everything on NBC yeah. was filmed in Eau Claire. <laughs> sure. In that building. Golden sure. Girls, Cosby Show, all that stuff. I was like, yeah, the NBC building. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. All right. We did it. Well, thanks for everybody for joining. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> Yay. That was a great first biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> delicious. Thank you for listening to Wicker Biscuit, a podcast Ahoy production. The executive producers of Wicker Biscuit are Ryan LeMay, Gary Putnam, and Courtney Hollum. Recording and editing was done by Gary Putnam. Check out our social media for updates on upcoming pods and for clips and other media referenced in this episode. Because sharing is caring, the links can be found in the episode notes. Check it out. This episode contained audio clips of the song Putting on the Ritz, written by Irving Berlin and performed by Taco. Please support these other artists and check out their work. Thanks again from everyone at the Wicker Biscuit family.